I was on Facebook. Um, browsing. I caught this post that kind of stuck with me. I don't know who made these rules up. But I, 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 I think it resonates. And I wanted to share them. I think it's something that uh, we all should like take into consideration. That's a lot of the reason why why I've been doing this podcast is for myself. And uh, the first rule is to make peace with your past, so it won't disturb your future. And uh, I think that's why I'm rehashing all this old stuff. And rule number two is what other people think of you is in your business. And I mean, I'm not bringing it up to uh, say I'm sorry. I'm just bringing it up to. People know that I understand the way that they feel about me or what's going on with me is in my business. <laughs> but yeah, um, the only person in charge of you, is, if, if, of your happiness, is you. And that's rule number three. Um, and I mean, I can't keep blaming other people for why why I'm not making episodes because I mean. The reason I've been making them is because of me. I'm making excuses uh, for myself for no reason. Uh, because I am pretty at peace when I when I do do these episodes. So I need to keep that up. I need to keep going. Um, number four, don't compare your life to others because it will steal your joy. And I definitely firmly believe in that. Rule number five, time heals almost everything. Uh, rule number six, stop thinking so much. It's okay not to know all the answers. And rule number seven, smile. Because you don't have all the problems in the world. And uh, we won't always receive closure. Uh, but we have to understand that most of what people do isn't about us. It's about them. things can't be explained some people won't apologize because they can't like they legitimately don't possess the ability to and we can't change that about them only they can so that's why I made this podcast if you would wonder (laughs) I'm Cass Jones and welcome to a mic an ashtray, and an LP. Light up. It's August the 14th. It's a Wednesday. 
been like two weeks since I talked to y'all, huh? I'm sorry for that. I'm a busy man. As I'm sure you know. But, um, today we'll be listening to Revolver. From the, uh, the Beatles. I don't quite remember what year it came out. I was supposed to look this up. But looking at the cover here, I want to say it was sometime in the late 60s, maybe early 70s, I can't tell. But yeah, side one, uh, has tax man, that's what we're listening to now. And uh, track two is Eleanor Rigby. Three, love you too. Here, there, and everywhere. Four. And of course, Yellow Submarine. Five. And on that side, it would be She Said. She Said. So those will be the songs we'll hear today. Um, why the Beatles today? Uh, I feel as if and I don't know, obviously, because I wasn't there back then, but I feel as if their music represented a lot of um, teenage eagerness, teenage angst, you know, teenage curiosity, teenage, teenage discovery, and um, as far as my origin story is concerned, a lot of this uh, mindset made up a lot of my life, obviously, because I was just starting high school. Um, what year was it? Uh, 2002? 2001? Yeah, it was 2001. No, I lied. It was 2002. I was, uh, I was 14, and, uh, high school was exciting, of course, I was happy to go there, but, um, I was extremely nervous, uh, I don't know, man. I was just extremely anxious to grow up, you know, um, I don't know, for some reason, I can't like get past this, uh, this song for some reason. <laughs> I 
I can I guess it's sticking with me so much because it relates so much to the way that starting high school felt. Uh, I'm just going to try to describe that first day or that first week or so. It was interesting because I had this idea of high school just being like in a collection of everything. Like everybody just mixed with everybody, you know. Cause that's how it was on TV. Especially being that I was a smart kid. Like I was expecting to be in classes with all, with all these older cats who was gonna hate me because I'm so smart and you know they're older and they're just gonna pick on me and bully me, blah 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 blah. But actually it was quite the opposite of that. I mean, um I saw a lot of them. Especially like riding the bus. Or being that I play sports and that type of stuff. But um, for the most part in my school, they kept us separated. A lot of the older kids in their classes were on different floors than what the younger cats, us freshmen and stuff, were on. Uh, as a matter of fact, they used to keep us in a different building. My freshman year, I was on what was called the team. There were two teams. Because there was just so many of us, as far as freshmen were concerned. So, like, our core classes were held in a separate building. No matter which level you were on. So, like, math, uh, English, the sciences, that type of stuff was all held in one building. And then, like, your, you know, your auxiliary courses, the electives and that type of stuff was held in another building. So... All of our music classes or, you know, obviously physical education, um, art classes, that type of stuff was held in the main building. So that was really the only time that I saw upperclassmen, uh, per se. Except for my art class. My art class was held over in the auxiliary building um, where I was. And that was where I did most of my connecting with people, um, as far as upperclassmen were concerned. It wasn't that I was good at art class, I was just decent, and I followed directions well. I did what the teacher was told, or told us, as you guys probably know by now. <laughs> I don't know, like a lot of my friends used to consider me a teacher's pet, even up until this point, but I was just always a people person, man. Like I just very much so took the path most traveled just because I preferred to have things easier. You know, I wanted the path least resistance. And I don't know whether that made me lazy or what have you, but I don't know. I, I, I don't feel as if I should have done things differently. I don't feel as if I need to change as a person. You know, I have quite a few people I, in my life that I enjoy. Quite a few people in my life that I can count on. And I know being the person that I am is how things, you know, got to be that way for me. So, for me, it is what it is. And, um, 
a lot of those same people, a lot of those same relationships I forged around this time of my life. Um, at least that was the beginning of it. For some reason, the only real thing that's sticking out for me freshman year is, of course, playing football because, I mean, that was my life. That was who I was back then. Um, so we'll just kind of revolve it around sports in general because back then I played three sports. I played football, I played basketball, and then I actually tried out baseball that year. Um, it had been a while. We'll get into that. But uh, as far as football was concerned, I came late as usual. Um, wanted to play wide out. But it was trash. Bottom line, I couldn't catch. I mean, I could catch kind of, but I was just mainly fast. Uh, so I ended up playing a lot more defensive back. I played some DB. Uh, our first game, we were playing, I believe, like Springboro or somebody like that. And I hadn't played much at that point in time. So, um,. I didn't get in until maybe like the third or the fourth quarter. And I can't remember whether we were up or not. If we were uh, winning, it wasn't by a lot. But yeah, um, I remember finally being put in at DB. We're playing at Barnett's. Old ass jerseys on. <laughs> like jerseys and pants didn't even match, but it didn't matter. We was balling. But, uh, Long story short, I remember being in the game and upset that I didn't have gloves. Like my mom wouldn't go and buy me none or something like that. So I just played barehanded with like these weird elbow pads on. But um, no tape, no nothing, just went out there, did my thing. And I remember the quarterback from Springboro driving back. And I knew he was going to throw this this pass, one, because he just thought that I was trash because I had been sitting on the bench and had just came in. And uh, number two, the, the receiver that was over there was pretty fast. I mean, he had caught whoever was guarding him at the time slipping. Unfortunately, I think it was like Juan Helvey. This was, this was before Juan hit his peak. Juan was... Always a pretty decent athlete, but obviously he's a freaking cyborg now. Shout out to Juan Helvey. But, um, he had got burnt a couple of times. So the quarterback was pretty much just dropping back and just throwing the ball to a spot. And the receiver was just running up underneath it. And I noticed this. So when I got in, I didn't even play up on the receiver. I just stood back where I knew the quarterback was going to throw the ball. He snaps the ball, you know, and I'm not kidding you, this is the first play that I'm in. He snaps the ball, drops back, and just launches it in the air. And I kid you not, I just took off to where I thought the ball was going. I didn't even look at the receiver. I didn't see what he was doing, nothing. I just ran underneath his ball and, and caught it going the opposite, well, going their direction. Honestly, it was as if I was the receiver. That's how terrible the quarterback threw this ball. So... I caught it, and I just remember thinking like to myself, like, oh, my God, this is my 
my first interception. Like I've never really <laughs> caught an interception before. Uh, honestly, because in in middle school, I mean, I played offense, so I didn't I didn't get any defensive uh, action really. And then uh, I played defense in Pee Wee, but they didn't throw the ball. Nobody could throw that far. In Pee Wee, it was very few teams that actually threw the ball. And so yeah, once I realized I I caught the ball and turned the opposite direction, you know, to run towards the touchdown. I you know, I hadn't even wrapped my head around actually scoring a touchdown. So I honestly just ran right into the to the crowd. But if I was thinking I probably should have cut it back, you know, the opposite direction of the field and I probably would have scored. Just because nobody even realized that I had to rock. But yeah, um, that's pretty dope. So yeah, that thus began my, I would say, passionate love for football. Just because um, then the coaches started paying me a little more attention. They they realized I was a little more useful. Um, got a lot more to. As far as DBU was concerned, uh, I don't really remember much more besides that game. As far as my freshman year was concerned, just because I don't know, we weren't very good. Uh, <laughs> I just also feel like it was because most of, you know, if I'm being honest, most of the players my age were playing up. Um, they were playing JV ball, or at least going to sit the bench, just because it was cooler to be on the JV team than on the freshman team. Um, it was a couple of them that actually got some playing time. My cousin Dion, um, I can't remember if Darius was or not. Marcus, Marcus Williams was actually playing varsity. As a freshman, I remember that he used to play defensive line or something crazy like that. Yeah, he was a couple years older than us. Real talk, as I told y'all a while back. So, I mean, he really don't count. He was a grown man, <laughs> regardless. But yeah, man, um, we was trash just because we didn't have anybody on our team. And I'm trying to think. As a matter of fact, I lied about why I'm playing corner. Oh, no, he might have played corner and quarterback. But he played uh, quarterback for us just because, like I said, there was nobody on our team. Nobody was on the JV team. So, yeah. Um, it was interesting. I was trash on the basketball team, too. My basketball team was trash. Uh, I didn't get put on the freshman team, ironically. Um, they used the freshman team at my high school to house like the better freshmen, and then they put the worst freshmen or the other ones on the sophomore team, what was called the sophomore team. Which Might seem like a bad thing. 
when you look at it as far as the grand scheme of things. But the freshman team had a completely separate schedule than the sophomore team. Um, the sophomore team traveled with the JV and varsity team. So, you know, my window as far as uh, playing in front of the coaches and uh, getting to see the older guys interact in the way that they, um, you know, approach the game. I got to see that firsthand, so it really wasn't that bad of a situation as far as being on the sophomore team. Uh, but it was just the way that they put it, you know. It kind of just made you feel less than, to be completely honest, completely frank about it. But it was cool, you know. I had a couple dudes on my team that were older as well. Like that was the thing. The freshman team was made up of all freshmen. That was just the way it was. But uh, the sophomore team had freshmen and sophomores on them. So um, as far as freshmen were concerned, it was myself. Uh, I believe my boy Sean Holbrook was on that team. And my cousin Jeff Burton. Uh, Zach Adams. But then uh, my homie Jamie Russell was also on that team with us too. So yeah, I mean, we was all right. We had a good time. But yeah, we only won one game against Colonel White. We went to Colonel White and beat him. That was fun. Snatched my jersey off like an idiot. That's okay. I'm just recording an episode. It's not like somebody's actually listening or something. No. Did you have a good time? Okay. I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> See you. But yeah, like I was saying. That was my wife, Rachel, by the way. Snatched my jersey off because um I was an idiot. <laughs> I believe by that time I was like 15 years old, and uh we had never won a game, so uh I went up and told all my boys. I think it was at like halftime. I was like, if we win, I'm snatching my jersey off and twirling it around my head like a helicopter. And they told me I wouldn't do it. And that was like one of my favorite things for people to do to me. Uh, give me just a second. I'm going to close the door. It's getting a little loud. Now. One day I'm going to be rich enough to get me a recording booth and do this in silence. Won't be getting interrupted so much. Yeah. I mean, I. Close the door and she's still out. But anyways. Um, yeah. So we won the game. Buzzer sounds go off. And I, of course, snatched my jersey off. Spinning it around my head like a helicopter. And my coach was quite upset with me. 
I'm not going to lie. He probably laughed and joked about it later. The situation was funny. We had these two, like, college kids that coached us. And I don't really know if they were getting paid or not. I really wish I could ask them. I can't even remember their names, but I probably could figure it out somehow, some way. But um, it was just smaller, like, strawberry blonde guy, um, clean cut. You know, always had, like, buttoned-up shirts and dockers on. He was more so the head coach, like the main coach. And then we had this, like, bigger, burly guy, um, dark hair, wore it spiked up, much more like a frat boy type. Um, I mean, he just didn't dress all prim and proper like the other coach did, unless it was game day. He came in most times athletic gear. And, I mean... I wouldn't say that they didn't teach us anything. I just will be honest with you. Like, I felt like they got this job teaching a bunch of inner city kids. And they were hoping to go down and meet somebody like the next LeBron James and get to just, like, be around for that experience. So, like, they were, like, constantly in competition with us or, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. I just felt like I was always in a battle with my coach and to the point where, like, at the end of practice, he's, like, challenging people one-on-one or challenging us five against two. And basically all he would do is just, you know, throw it down to the other coach who, you know, compared to us is, let's see, at the time, I'm, I was about 5'9", but I was maybe a buck old, buck 30, little dude. And uh, this coach is like 6'3", I don't know, 245, 250, easy. Like, not stopping him. And it wasn't even that he was like banging on us. He couldn't dunk, he, he had zero ups. It was just he would hit us with this stupid up and under move that worked every time. Like, I don't know what it was. He had the slowest game ever, but he used to cook us. And then the guy that was our head coach was like a point guard who was left-handed. And uh, it wasn't that he was faster than me. He was just smarter than me and (laughs) knew the game better. So he cooked me at practice. But I knew I was a better athlete. And we intimidated them. I don't know, for whatever reason, they, they hated us. They really didn't teach us anything. But besides how not to quit, I'll give them that. Like, they used to pick on us so much. It would be to the point that we was about to scrap. <laughs> but anyway, that was that. I remember that game, Colonel White, we ended up winning. And then I remember this game against Troutwood Madison at home just because my dad came uh, to see us play, which was dope. You know, my dad didn't get to see see me play often. Um, he liked football, but he was much more so a basketball, basketball guy. Uh, I'll be honest, he was a lot of the reason why I played basketball. It wasn't that I was – 
a hater of basketball. I, I mean, I like playing it. It's a fun sport. It's a leisurely sport. But I know where I stand. Like, I'm not that dope at it. You know, I can play a good, you know, some good D. But can't really shoot. I mean, I can shoot decent. But it was much more so that I could outrun people. Um, so I got to the hole, you know what I mean, and jump a little bit. And could just hang in the air. And so... I was athletic. That's why I could play basketball. But um, long story short, they banged us up. They had these point guards. They weren't like twins or brothers or nothing. They had to be like cousins or something like that. I just remember they both had these long-ass braids. It was annoying as fuck. Um, they uh, pretty much double-teamed me the whole game. So they would like track trap me at the top of the court, at half court. And I would, you know, of course expect somebody to come flashing up for me to dish it to. Nobody would come. Or if they came, they would come late. And I just didn't understand why they were just letting these dudes trap me all day. So it was fine. I just started putting on the clinic. Unfortunately, it didn't garnish any points just because we didn't really have a lot of scores on our team. It was probably only myself, Sean, and Jamie that really got buckets. Zach was pretty good, but I just couldn't get in the rock. I mean, they had those two. And then they had a pretty big center as well. I believe that center could dunk, as a matter of fact. And we was playing their freshman squad, too. So it was like their A team versus our, like, B team. But um, I remember dropping this kid. Half court gave him that uh Iverson hesitation crossover. Took off full sprint on it. Seen this boy coming. Then I just remember playing with my right and let my body kept keep going until the point I felt like I needed to cross the ball over and yanked it back on him and I didn't even look to see what happened to him, but I just heard the and there, everybody went, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a, a crowning moment. Probably my only crowning moment in basketball, for real. But, yeah. Didn't matter. I think I ended up, like, trying to dish it to somebody for the assist, and they threw up a brick. They got back. Scored. But yeah, I remember his boy picking him up after it was a timeout break or something like that and just telling him, like, bro, don't ever, don't ever let nobody drop you like that. <laughs> don't ever let nobody drop you like that in public. So that's how I knew it would happen. I mean, we was all right, man, but we just didn't have no coaching. Like I said, we had a few athletes on our team, but just nobody to help us put it together. You know what I'm saying? So, football was a disaster. Basketball was a disaster. But I made the best of it. And then along came baseball. Now, like I told y'all a while back, I was pretty decent at baseball back in the day. T 
T-ball all-star backyard legend. I thought I was pretty good. Here's the thing. Real baseball players know this. If you take so much as, let's say, six months off from baseball, things change. Uh, the game seems faster. Uh, the ball seems smaller, but you don't ever want the ball to feel small. I want the ball to seem large. I want the ball to look like a basketball to me. When I'm playing baseball, I want it to look huge, slow. But yeah, when it starts looking like a little pebble, just a speeding little pebble, it can become dangerous. So, like I said, if you're taking so much as six months off, it can be detrimental. I took probably about four years off of baseball. I have probably played organized baseball the last time in like maybe fourth or fifth grade. And uh, the next time I tried, I was 15 years old. I tried out for the middies. Somehow I made the team, y'all. I, I don't understand. Because let me explain to you what happened to me at tryouts. Now, don't get me wrong. The guy that I was playing catch with, he was a bit of a doucher. playing catch inside just because outside is too cold can't really uh, safely be out there playing baseball just yet especially throwing hard rocks at each other but um, like I told you guys back in 6th grade I got braces I was supposed to get them off in 2 years I hadn't got them off yet but uh we were playing catch indoors, and the walls inside the gym were like this like tannish beige color, and unfortunately, we weren't using new baseballs, so they were like also this tannish beige color, and if you threw the ball hard enough, you know, it disappeared. From mid to mid, indoors, baseballs are hard to track. But it's even more, you know, difficult in bad lighting and matching walls. So we're playing across the court, corner to corner, just throwing and catching and then running to the next line. And, uh, this dude, Matt, <sighs> my homie, but he's an asshole, was throwing the ball to me, and he threw it so hard that I, of course, lost it, went to catch it, and it came off my glove and popped me in the mouth and hit me in the chest. Mouth starts bleeding, because, like I said, I got braces, they hooked on there. And now my chest is bruised. Ball falls everywhere. Echoes in the gym. Everybody's looking, laughing at me. 
And I'm just like, bro, why'd you do that? Like, why are you being a dick? But it should have been right then and there that I decided. Mm, probably don't. Probably don't want to do this. Probably don't need to be here. But, you know, it is what it is. I stayed. I played. Uh, batting was even worse. I guess the, the coaches felt like they could coach me into being a better hitter. Which, I mean, thanks. That's dope. I appreciate you, but... Mm. I just didn't have it no more. It was gone. And, uh... I remember being outside. It was still pretty early in the, um... Spring season, so the field just... Oops, sorry. The field just wasn't ready yet. I kicked the speaker on accident. But, uh, like I was saying, the field just wasn't ready yet. So we were playing on the baseball. I mean, not playing baseball on the football field. Baseball field wasn't ready yet, like I said. But, um, yeah, I, I just whew, couldn't hit a thing. Like, I remember my boy Tyler Brown was pitching. And uh, it wasn't that I thought he, could, he was going to hit me or something like that. He was pretty accurate and everything. It was just like, the ball was just whizzing by. Just whoo, pop, whoo, pop. And I'm just like, bruh, how do y'all swing at these? Like, what What do I even pay attention to to make sure that I'm, I have the timing? I don't know, man. It was just, it was crazy to me how much faster the ball had gotten. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Like I, had, like I said, somehow I made the team. I pretty much was just like a pinch runner. Like say for instance, the um, the uh, pitcher or something went up to bat. If he hit, got on base, which our pitchers were pretty good hitters, uh, thankfully. So I got a lot of action. <laughs> but um, basically, if a pitcher hit and got on base, um, I went in and ran for them. And, of course, I was pretty quick. I had quite a few stolen bases and, you know, scored quite a few runs. We were decent as far as the team was concerned. Um, but the situation was a lot of the players who were better were getting called up to play on JV or sometimes even varsity. I think we had a couple guys that um, played strictly JV. And then one guy, I'm pretty sure Matt, ended up making varsity. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just an interesting experience. I ended up quitting. Just because I was trash, man. Um, like I said, my first time that I should have quit was in the gym when we was playing uh, catch, and I got hit by Matt. My second time, my second shine was a uh, we were playing in a scrimmage. 
can't remember where we were playing at. But yeah, um, I was batting, and the pitcher hit me. And I mean, I of course was taught the proper procedure, you know. Somebody hits you, turn your turn your back towards the ball so you don't, or throws the ball at you, turn turn your back towards the ball so you don't get hurt, like get hit in the face or in the head or anything like that. And he like caught me on the elbow, and I like took my base. And I, of course, tried to do the, you know, normal tough guy stare down of the pitcher as you jog over to the base. But, yeah, man, like, that shit hurt like a bitch. Like, if I would have had to, like, actually fight in that situation, I definitely would have lost. Because my left arm, my left elbow was numb. Like, my hand, everything was stinging. And I tried to act natural. I cried inside. I didn't. I didn't let it come out. But inside, I cried. It hurt. But yeah, man, that was my second sign. My, my third sign. I told y'all about how if you play ball with a with a uh, used or dirty baseball inside on beige walls, it's kind of hard to track. Another time that it's rather difficult to tra- to track an old baseball is if you're playing in not so great conditions. It wasn't raining, but it was overcast out, and a little cold. Um, so it was cloudy and the wind was blowing. Uh, we're practicing pop-ups because our coach is a dick and love bow to death, but this was, oof. Anyways, let me just get to it. We're playing pop-up time and uh bows on home base and we're standing between the second and third uh just where the grass begins he hits a hits up a pop-up towards me uh it's my turn in line i watch it go up and they had warned me to be careful because the ball is hard to track when it's dark out or gray out, but uh, until you experience it, you really don't know. And I was trying my hardest, I promise y'all. But anyways, long story short, boom, bow hits the ball, pop up, goes up in the air. I get under it. I got this. I'm ready, y'all. I got my glove up. I'm looking for it. I see it go up. And then there was nothing. And I was just thinking to myself, okay, you know, it's not a big deal. Like, I just won't, I won't see it. It'll fall somewhere. Or somebody else will will snag it. It's not a big deal. But apparently, like subconsciously, my brain still knew where the ball was going, I guess. I don't know. But, like, I saw it, but it was probably, like, 15 Seconds too late. It probably wasn't even in the air that long. That's just what it felt like. But um, long story short, or short story long, because I tried to say long story short, but I'm still talking. Um, the ball came down. Now, saw it too late. At this point in time, it really wasn't anything but a big black shadow because I didn't see the laces. 
I just know I tried to catch it and it was too late. I put my glove up and I remember seeing it just graze off the knuckle part of my glove, like where the, the top of my hand would be, or like the outside of the glove, not the inside where you catch the ball, but the back of it. Like I remember just seeing it graze the glove, just barely missing it. And the next thing I heard was like a a cupping slash crushing sound. Um, it was like if a, a cheerleader clap was mixed with the crushing of a solo cup at the exact same time, just like. And that was the sound of the ball coming down and just kissing me on the mouth. Just, uh, just uh, right there. Just bam. Um, it probably hit somewhere between the end of uh, my bottom lip, like where that nasty patch of hair grows, like the soul. Like the poet patch, where that starts, you know, men, men know what I'm talking about. Ladies know what I'm talking about too, but men know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it hit probably right there, and um, hit probably there, and like I said, the most of my my chin piece, and it hit so hard that it, um, my bottom lip like hooked. Still tough to think about. It hooked hooked to my braces and was stuck. Yeah, that that really that really sucked. So I had to like lift my lip back off my teeth, basically. I thought I would have to get stitches, but really it was just a real bad gash. And just the skin was gathered up. Oof. But yeah, man. That was my third time that I really should quit. Um but I waited a while. I waited. It took me, like, getting into a full-on fight with a guy on the team. Well, we didn't actually end up throwing blows. Um, but basically, uh, we got into an argument because he felt as if I didn't care on game day. And I made jokes a lot. Which was probably the case. I mean, like I said, I wasn't nothing but a pinch runner. I, I didn't play much. Uh, unless somebody got, like, hurt or called up for the day. And um, if I did play, it was because we were either winning by a whole lot or losing by a whole lot. And, uh, yeah, Joe Jackson. Joey Jackson. Yeah, he just... Call me lazy or something like that. I call him lazy because I told him that my dress, my jersey was fresher than his. So I, I don't know, his was like hanging out or something like that. Mine was obviously all like clean, tucked in. But yeah, he told me I was wasting the number twenty four, and obviously I wore number twenty four because it was a dope time for Ken Griffey Jr. Um, yeah, so we, like, get into an argument. Start borderline fighting. And the coach, 
like separates us, talk to us individually, and basically told us like we have to like run together and work whatever situation it was, um, work it out, and uh, you know, me and Joey, at the end of the day, we're same people. You know, of sound mind. We've known each other at this time uh, for forever. We have been playing football together since we was in like, you know, elementary to middle school and won a football team together here. But yeah, um, he just basically told me like, I, I don't like that. You come out here and just BS around and it's like rubbing off on the guys and, you know, it just isn't a good look. And, you know, I probably didn't agree with him at the time of us arguing. I just basically said, like, you know, you're going to do your thing and I'm going to do mine. But after I sat and I thought about it, I did agree with him. That it was a waste of everybody's time for me to just be out there BSing around up to nonsense. So, yeah. I ended up quitting. But yeah, I mean, my life at high, in high school wasn't completely about sports. It was just, it was just mostly about that. But yeah, I do remember some things about the scholastic part. Like I said, we were split up into the teams. Um, I can't remember my science teacher's name. I was in biology. She was. She had a fun class. That was fun. I enjoyed being in her class. Um, my math teacher or my geometry teacher, Miss Dudley. Everybody hated. I don't know. It wasn't that I disliked her. She just seemed. I felt like she just was in a bad place in her life. You know what I mean? Like, and she had to teach a bunch of bratty, know-it-all teenagers. And rather than make the best of the situation, she kind of made the worst of it. Which is fine. I mean, that's her prerogative. You know, she can do whatever it is that she pleased with her time. But that was like the first, um, oh no. I say the second bad grade that I got. Ironically, it was also in math. Um, my first one I got when I was in eighth grade in my algebra two class. I just was not that good at it, and I started to realize I wasn't that great at math. At math in general, um, but yeah. Miss Dudley's class was tough. I ended up getting like a D in it. But yeah, she just, she graded hard and she didn't really offer much help. But, you know, I just chalked it up as that was high school and that was the way it was going to be. You know, you have to deal with it, put it up or shut up. But yeah, my favorite class freshman year was probably Miss Thomas's class. She was my homie. Um, she taught English. 
and she also was ironically my home base teacher as well. So that was like the first class that I went to each day, her class. But yeah, um, she was the first teacher to not really like just let me coast by. Cause I mean, honestly, even in middle school, like as long as I did the work, most teachers just gave me a passing grade. But I remember I tried to do this report on Eminem. Eminem as a rapper, and she just was like, no, you can't do a history report on somebody who's still making history. <laughs> and uh, I just remember that being an extremely confusing thing for me at, at that point in time. I was, I was just like, what do you mean? There's tons of information out on this person. She was trying to help me understand, like, most of what was out about Eminem at that point in time was just opinion, not necessarily fact. Just because we had known him long enough. And I mean, like, now someone could probably write a history report on someone like Eminem. But she helped me to understand, like, uh, I don't know. That the world expected more of me, you know, that I had a responsibility to my peers as well, that if I had the ability to excel, that I should, you know what I mean? And she didn't really do it in like this like preachy, like rah-rah speech type way. She just was just like not tolerant of nonsense. And... You know, she used to come at me the same way about the sports situations. Because obviously I would come to her or come to class moping about the games that we had lost. Or, you know, that I wasn't getting any looks or playing time. Well, I mean, honestly, I never really had to argue about playing time. I just hated that I was always on the sorry team. And she was just always like, I mean, you can, you can keep being sorry or you could get better. And I mean, that would just be it. Like, it wasn't like she would offer me, like, some sort of workout tips or something like that. She would just be like, okay, you can sit there and complain about it or you can do something different. And, you know, I didn't understand it back then, but I do understand it now. So, shout out to Miss Thomas, wherever she is. I don't even know that she's a Thomas anymore. Probably has some other last name. But, yeah, um... Freshman year was cool. Obviously, I caught the love bug. I ended up back with Natasha again. That was crazy. Um, it started out. She was coming to me for whatever reason, which is with issues that um she was dealing with with some other dude. And uh, long story short. God, it's long. I mean, I told her, like, I mean, I'm not going to be this shorter. You just come and cry on. I mean, if you don't like your situation, do something different about your situation. And uh, pretty much told her, like, you wouldn't have those problems if you was with me. You, it, when you were 
were with me, you didn't have those problems. And she was just like, okay, I understand. So yeah, we ended up back together, but um, it was short lived. She found some older guy <laughs> who she's met her, married to now, my boy Scotty, Scotty Wilson, which was cool, man. Scotty was a guy that I looked up to. Um, when we broke up and she ended up with him, it wasn't at all that I didn't understand it and I didn't at all try and come in between it. Um, so, I mean, uh, I just let her do her thing and we parted our ways. We ended up reconnected later down the line just between, you know, mutual friends and acquaintances and that type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, uh, I knew the situation wouldn't rub him the right way. And I mean, it got to the point he even ended up confronting me about it at one point in time. And I just told him straight up, like, I don't want anything to do with your, your girl, your woman. You know, I wish you the best, my G. But, you know, this ain't that. Uh, and just told him whatever qualms, you know, you got. It's, that's what between you and her. You know, that's between them. But, um, I don't know, since then we haven't really talked much, he and I, or she and I, so. That was the end of that, but, uh, high school was fun, man. High school was a good time, and we were just beginning. My first taste of homecoming was sweet. I went with my homie. Oh no, I take that back. I think I took Natasha. But yeah. We went to homecoming together. Mm -hmm. That's really all that I remember about our relationship. <laughs> I don't know, man. Freshman year must not have been very significant. I'm just, I'm not really flashing back on much about it. And I'm getting kind of hungry too. Need to go find something to eat. But all right, guys, I'm gonna sign off here. It's been real. I appreciate y'all coming, chilling with your boy. Again, this has been a Mike and Ashtray. And I LP. I'm Christopher Cass Jones. Signing off. If you want to email me, hit me up at podcast mikeastrayLP at gmail.com. Questions, concerns, tips and tricks. I'll let your boy. But alright, dudes. I'll talk to you later. Y'all rest easy. Peace.